dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going it's going good i uh was scanning through all of the crazy lines of dialogue that characters say in this street fighter and i couldn't settle on just one so here are my top four crazy things that people say uh, when you win a fight in Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Um, I like Chun-Li's because it's just very, like, empowering, which is, there is no chance for you to beat me. Challenge someone else. It's like, everybody else has, like, kind of weird, poorly translated lines of dialogue, and I just like that hers is just, like, piss off, wanker. (laughs) Um, Guile, for some unknowable reason says go home and be a family man <laughs> right which I, I remember that one in particular because it's like I, okay like i mean okay i mean that's not right yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, um, the, that's the ending of most fairy tales yeah i know right uh, <laughs> it's when the when the guy wins sorry del seems is uh is is coming in at number two because he just beat you to death with his weird gumby arms and then he says, now you've realized the inner mysteries of yoga. And it's like, I don't think of yoga as a way you beat people to death. But, you know, in Street Fighter universe, it is. But the no question, number one uh, victory sentiment is from Zangief, who says, next time we meet, I'm going to break your arms. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that- that's, that's what he says in victory. Yes. Yeah, like, I mean, well, cause, because Zangief deep down is he is an ender level strategist where he does not want to win this fight. He he wants to win all of the fights. So he doesn't want this person coming back and like challenging him again because it's just like, look, this guy beat me up. And if I go back, he's going to break both my arms. So that's uh, that's where I'm at with Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting, which is the game mm-hmm. that we played. Good, good, good episode, I think. Yeah, ship it. Yeah. Um, this came out in August of 93, and I want to uh, read directly from the Wikipedia article. This is literally the first line of the Wikipedia article. Uh, it says, Street Fighter II Turbo Hyperfighting is a competitive fighting game released for the arcade by Capcom in 1992. It is the third game in the Street Fighter II sub-series of Street Fighter games following Street Fighter II Champion Edition. Released less than a year after the previous installment, Hyperfighting introduced a faster playing speed and new special moves for certain characters, as well as further refinement to character balance. And reading that made me realize there was a time in history when a company, a giant, well-run, successful company, realized there was no way to like update their software once it was out in the world. So they just sold you an entirely new game and expected you to be okay with it. And people totally were. Oh no. It, it, Cause this is like, and the problem though, is that a lot of people see that and they're like, I'm going to do the same thing. And it fails completely because the problem is you need Starbucks level brand recognition, you know? So if somebody says like, like street fighter two and it's like, Oh man, street fighter two is so good. I pay 60 bucks for that game. It's like, cool. Here's a new street fighter fighter two. It's the exact same game. 
but man, there's some extra moves in there. Like, oh my god, like I'm totally in because I played this <laughs> game for like tens of thousands of hours, and like now Chun Li can also throw a fireball. Oh my god, like you know, like that's that's game changing. And and I don't know the exact lineup of of when this kind of happened in in gaming culture history. I mean, this is very much so the the thing with fighting games in general is that like if you have it is is it's kind of like the development of the meta, you know, where it's like, you know, well, Chun Li is a bad matchup against Dalsim, but now that she has a ranged attack, like how does that change everything? You know, like how does it, you know, how does she now fit into the meta? And so uh people will pay money to 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 do that if they're super into it. But the thing is it's it, again, it's you can't just be Joe Shabbat's coffee shop. It's got to be Starbucks. Like this wouldn't work with uh, Rice Star. This has got to be Street Fighter Two. <laughs> what was that? What was that one weird, terrible fighting game you made us play? Uh oh, uh, Clay Fighters. No, that was a weird, terrible fighting game I made us play. Which one was the one? The one where the, where where somehow I had a gun and still lost a, a sword fight. Oh, you mean Bushido Blade? <laughs> yes, that one. <laughs> Or somehow, somehow, like I shot somebody and they somehow beat me to death with a sword. Anyway, they literally brought a sword to a gunfight and somehow I lost. Yeah, that game. Yeah, yeah. That was a very different <laughs> kind of fighter than this fighter. Um, sure. I think my nostalgia experience for this game is probably the only nostalgia experience you can have. Besides, I played it a lot in the arcade, which is I played this a lot with my friends. Right. Yep. I had several friends who had this game. I don't think I don't recall ever owning this game, but it, it wouldn't have mattered if I did because it's Street Fighter Two Turbo colon hyper fighting, right? You play it at your buddy's house, you play it at your cousin's house, you play it with your neighbor, right? Like that's how these games are meant to be played, and that's the only way I have any memory of playing them. Is I played them at my neighbor across the street, I played it over Brian's house, and I played it with my other friend Alex. Like that's that is how I remember playing these games. Is in the the living rooms of those three friends yes um and and myself as well this is actually one that i did not own but all of my friends owned it and and again this was street fighter 2 was the smash brothers melee of our childhood you oh, know that is not at all a poor comparison <laughs> No, I mean, it's just it's it's the game. It's the game you all got together and played. You know, I mean, it's just what you did. You all got you all got together. And it was for for us, it was this uh, NBA Jam. There was just a handful of like really good couch co-op games that you could play. Uh, and this was definitely one of them. Uh, speaking of the nostalgia uh, experience and just time in history, because I think this is as good a time to bring it up as any. Um, if you want to date this game, you can because you fly to the USSR and <laughs> I found that like weirdly nostalgic. I don't know. I don't know if nostalgia is the right word for this, but it's one of those things. Nineteen ninety three. Um, to answer what you're looking up right ah, now. Ah, damn it! Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I okay. So here's the thing: the original Street Fighter came out in like eighty seven or eighty nine or something. And so when I saw that the USSR was in there, I actually had this kind of moment where I was like, "Oh well, I mean." You know, because Zangief must be in one of the earlier games, but surely by August of 93, the USSR was. But yeah, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I just literally saw your face light up, which normally means you've opened it. <laughs> There's a lot of white on that guy's face right now. He yeah. must be staring at a fresh Ni browser tab. 
1993 to answer your next question. Um, but uh, yeah, so so which is interesting because and and this is only a tangent from the game, but I do remember like because 93 we were young but conscious, you know. I mean, it's not like when you're when you're like I was alive during that time. Like I was alive during the 80s. I don't remember much of the 80s, you know. Um, but I do remember like maps saying the USSR. And then they just kind of stopped saying the USSR <laughs> and started saying Russia. And I never really ran that to ground at the time because I was young and didn't have any, that wasn't even on my radar. But uh, yeah, like this is literally, the, the, the USSR fell. So, and again, because this game was just remade and remade and remade. I think that, like, because the original Street Fighter 2 was in 92. So um, the USSR was still around then. And it actually fell during this thing's, update cycle yeah. well and you know? the, to be so, fair this we played the snes port of the arcade cabinet street fighter 2 turbo which did hit the arcades in 1992 which means they were developing it in 91 and the beginning of 92 right so yeah so i mean just just though i mean really imagine you're a game developer right and you put in something as innocuous as just countries that people come from you know and then all of a sudden somebody's like yeah so here's the thing um in one of these updates we're gonna have to change a portion of it because the ussr doesn't exist anymore and it's not like it's not like it's like some some smaller country that is not very well it was the ussr you know so it's like it was they probably thought it was a pretty safe bet to put that in the game they were wrong. And and I, I don't want to elaborate too much on this because I'm really not trying to make light of what I'm sure is a terrible situation for these folks, but that's going to happen with the UK and the EU, right? Any mm-hmm. show or movie or book or anything that refers to the UK as part of the EU, like that any day now, that's not going to be accurate anymore. Yeah, which is just weird. I, I don't know why. Like, it's one of those things where you just kind of feel like, no, countries are countries now. Countries are countries, <laughs> but they're not. They're still really um, fluid, in fact, to the point where uh, even Yakko uh, from the Animaniacs, his <laughs> Countries of the World song, is like surprisingly outdated now. Yep. That's it's weird. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll know um, we're in trouble when the uh, ca- U.S. Capitals song is outdated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um, Shillin? We do need to show. Um it's chill o'clock. It is chill o'clock. So uh, links for our Patreon, uh, our Twitter accounts, um, my Twitch stream, uh, all of that stuff is in the show notes. Uh, you should go rate and review us on the Apple podcast if you haven't already, because there might be a thing coming up that's related to that soon. Um, but we actually... Uh, We're going to do an episode about shush. it. Shush. <laughs> um, but we... Oh, no. Sorry. I got too excited. We... Uh, <laughs> We got a, a new patron this past uh, gameplay cycle, so welcome new patrons. Um, just, you know, w- welcome friendly people who say nice things to us on the internet, and an extra hello to those of you who are foolish slash generous enough to give us money and help us make the machine go, because uh, we love doing this, but it is nice to know people are listening and that they're enjoying it. Like, that does make the labor of love, you know, less of a labor. <laughs> Yes, I, I, I would say that while I do enjoy enjoy doing this, it, it is good to know that we're not just screaming into the void, you know, <laughs> like most people on the internet. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I guess on that note, um, visuals. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's a weird little behind the scenes thing. Um, this game 
was part of a poll we did. Uh, and, and fun fact, uh, patrons, they get to vote twice because they get to vote in the public nice. poll and the private poll. Um, and so I just thought it would be funny if I was like, Oh, there's three street fighter two games on the super Nintendo. Which one should we play? So there's street fighter two, street fighter two turbo, and then street fighter alpha two. And Personally, I was really hoping for Street Fighter Alpha 2 because the sprite work in that is just unreal. That is when they really pivoted from a realistic style to a more cartoony but stylized, like really artistic kind of um, sort of the the designs for characters that we know today, right, in the, the 3D era. Now, I was bummed when Street Fighter Alpha 2 didn't win, but what I realized is Street Fighter 2 Turbo actually took on the challenge of let's make selling this game to people worth it. They did not just take the Street Fighter 2 graphics and then add a little bit of extra stuff. Character portraits completely redrawn. Um, A lot of the character sprites are modified or completely redrawn and they gave you additional color options. Um, The levels have some additional detail and there's additional stuff going on in the backgrounds. There's all of the pretty iconic art in street fighter two, the way you remember it is probably how it actually looked in street fighter two turbo, because that's where they like came back and polished up some of the rough edges and just made everything look a little bit better. So I was looking forward to tearing apart the, the visuals in alpha two. Um, but street fighter two turbo is what I remember in my mind. Like if you look at street fighter two and street fighter two turbo side by side, the differences are really apparent. If you just look at Street Fighter 2 Turbo, you'd be like, oh, Super Nintendo game, no big deal. But then when you actually see what they improved and the little, you know, kind of uh, tender love and care they went back and did on all of the visuals, it's it's like, oh, this isn't this isn't just a shameless cash grab. This is a shameless cash grab made with love. Yeah, I mean, or, or basically that somebody in the upper echelon said like, hey, we're doing a shameless cash grab. And they're like, what? okay, what, what if it was just a cash grab? Like, does it, does it, does it have to be shameless? And the person's like, look, I'm just in it for the cash. So yeah, as as I, mean, I was trying to make your life easier. Yeah, I was trying to make your life easier by making it a shameless cash grab. If you want to like work and into it, then, uh, you know, go for it. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I really do feel that the, the, the graphics, the sprites, all that, they are what I remembered. Um, I will, even to the point where the, Lost condition people, I guess, like the people who have, like, when you lose, oh, you know, you're all beat up. Yeah, you're all beat up, but it's just ridiculous how beat up you are, you know. <laughs> and I remembered that being over the top, like, I mean, you know, and, and some more so than others. Like, um, Chun Li doesn't look too awful. Um, not, oh, what's his name? Uh, Electric, the, the Electric Brazil guy. <laughs> it's blanca blanca <laughs> yeah it's blanca no because i always no, I, no this is something that i always did when i was a kid too i get him mixed up with um braca from mm, from mortal, mortal Kombat. Kombat. right you know so i'd always screw those names up and i'd be like it's yeah it's braca and they're like no it's blanca i'm like no i'm pretty sure it's blanca um and no, no, that's the point. But anyways, like like his his face kind of looks like oh yeah, he got his like he got like, kind of knocked around a little bit. But then there's like Dalsim, who looks like he was put through a freaking meat grinder. Um, 
I forget. There was one other uh, another person that uh, uh, is it Sagat? Sagat? Yeah, no, yeah, he, that's what he looks pretty messed up. Yeah, he he blocked most of those with his face. <laughs> you know, I mean, clearly, like he is just pretty bloody. So I just I remembered that being a thing. Um, and the other kind of little thing that I like is that at least I believe with Braca is that when you press the like. I want to start again thing. He makes his little howl like, yeah, I'm back in it. And there's a little twinkle in his eye. So everybody gets the eye twinkle, which I think is a great little detail. Um, but yeah. they do all get a unique sound effect, right? So it's there. there's some kind of in-character voicing. It's not just like a generic sound effect, but we'll get to sound effects. It's a, so the one the one thing, though, that and, and I wasn't sure whether I put this in the gameplay. Originally, I had this in gameplay, but I think it's more of a visual thing. Which is that um, some of the characters are uh, really sticky to play, you know. Like so, when you press when you press punch, it just it feels like you press punch and then you go, you make yourself a cup of coffee, <laughs> you come back, you sip it, you get caught up on current events, you know, you scroll through Twitter and then you're like, oh look, I I, I finished up with the punch. Um, and so, but not all the characters are like that. Some of them move like they're on they're on cocaine. Um, but what I think that the the issue that is is that you know like obviously they're meant to move more slowly but i think that that basically they draw out to their frames of animation you know and so um so that in and of itself the number of frames of animation which is great it really makes the movements look fluid but um it can make it really kind of stagnant as far as when you're like i need to hit this person i don't care how you animate it and especially then too when you have that many frames of animation it can make the hit boxes really squirrely um and that in a precision fighter game um can be problematic well it's okay because they're going to release street fighter 2 hyper hyper fighting uh, and that will have an even better balance than street oh fighter. you know i I heard I heard good things about yeah, that. It's, it's going to be great. Um, so I I want to uh, second what you're saying because I don't want to go into the mechanics of the turbo mode because we'll get there. But one of the things that I like about the turbo mode is as you because there's four stars, right? So there's uh, normal turbo with one star, turbo with two stars, three stars, and four stars. My guess, if I'm, I'm I think I might just be making this up, but my guess is. 25% faster, 50% faster, 75% faster, twice as fast. So when you go above two stars, because the game is just literally happening faster, it makes the slower characters still feel snappy and it makes those dragged out animations snappy and it makes the hitbox feel the same, but because everything is so much more frantic you're either not you're like Gohan and you can't even watch the fight, right? You're, you're unable to even follow <laughs> the action. And so whatever, or you've learned to, you know, read people's power levels and you can totally keep up and you're just an expert player. So I, I actually liked the turbo setting literally just for how it changed the visuals. Cause it just makes everything look smoother. And I don't think to the best of my knowledge, they're not adding any frames. They're not doing it. They're literally just making them play faster and it just feels good. Like I'm not, I can't fight well at four stars turbo, but I do really like the way it looks at four stars turbo. Yeah, no, I think that um, for me personally, and this is, this is definitely flirting with mechanics, but with the visuals and the hitbox, is that it's, 
it's not always intuitive exactly like where your hitbox is going to start and where the other person's hitbox is going to start. And we're, we're basically, it's like where you're like, I have now hit the person versus the person has hit me. All of that um, was not always intuitive for me. It was intuitive. Here's the problem is it was intuitive like 90% of the time, which is great. Um, it just wasn't ubiquitously intuitive. And the game knows that because the game knows exactly how the hitbox is supposed to work, you know? And so because of that, it's just something that you have to learn and internalize. And I did not, I didn't want to. <laughs> so, um, so that, that became a point of frustration. However, it's, and again, I don't know exactly where in, you know, the, the timeline of fighting games this came up, but it's, it's like a staple now of fighting games is that, you know, if you want to, be good at it, you have to know exactly how the hitboxes line up and exactly, you know, like, okay, if this person throws this attack, it's going to hit here, but then they're vulnerable here. So if I throw this move at approximately this distance, I will hit them and they will not hit me. That is something that if you want to be good at the game, you need to know all that stuff. Um, but it's, it, it, is, it is a learning through practice kind of a situation. It's a practice style of game. Um, which is not generally my jam. Fighting all games are not also generally my jam. Um, so I do feel that, though, that, like I said, like the, if you look at some other fighting games, that they've made it more intuitive, but it's not something I can fault the game for because this is just like kind of a thing of the genre, you know? Yeah, and, and I will say in Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting's defense, uh, of the fighting games we've played, and I was actually surprised how many we've played over the course of the show. Yeah, how many we played? At least four, right? Because huh. Mortal Kombat, uh, Bushido uh, yeah. Blade, Clay Fighters, and now yeah. this one. Yeah. Oh, and oh, yeah. and Smash. I mean, Smash is technically a brawler, but let's not split hairs. Um, right. So yeah, it, at least four or five if you count Smash, and maybe more. Um, go browse through the back catalog and go outside your house and let us know. So, yep, I did feel that the hitbox in this at least felt the most consistent. Like you're absolutely right about having to memorize it and you're absolutely right about it not always being exactly where you would have guessed until you took a measurement and observed it. But those quantum calculations seemed like they were playing out the same way every time. And that to me is the difference between the visuals supporting the gameplay in a way that I can accept and the visuals supporting the gameplay in a way I can't accept because you know, if you're E Honda throwing your big palms out there or Chun-Li throwing your fire kicks or whatever, like as long as, you know, I will smash Guile's stupid face in the same place or closer, like I would expect to do, then we're fine. If sometimes I'm like, Oh no, come on. That totally hit it. Like that feeling to me is the death of a fighting game. And I, I never got there. I would agree with that. And that's the thing is that it's not always intuitive, but it is consistent, you know? So there were never times when, um, you know, where I was just kind of, like, and, and, and I guess, and that's something that's, that's interesting, which is to say that even though it's not intuitive, it always felt fair. Whereas there are some hitboxes that they are unintuitive and, and also don't seem fair, even though they are probably just as consistent. The exemplar for this is Sonic's Crush Death hitbox. You know? Like, it's gotta be consistent, you know? Like, it's not like he's morphing all over the place as the hedgehog, right? But I swear to God, like, I'd just be like, no, that was... Th- th- I-, I wasn't even near that thing. Why did that hit me, you know? So, it definitely felt... It felt... 
fair. It's just that, you know, again, part of the issue from my playthrough was that I was predominantly playing against the computer and the computer knows this stuff perfectly, you know, whereas if you're playing, you know, with a friend, they, they don't, you know, they are as, as, as much learning it as you are, you know? Um, so yeah. Uh, another thing I did kind of want to touch on that I thought was kind of a, a, a neat touch is so, I know that there's okay, so there's like a whole plot behind this thing. I mean, right? ostensibly, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I know it's not the movie, um, which I've also never seen. Um, Are you sure but, it's not? Uh, just from every, how much everybody reviles, I think it, <laughs> Street Fighter Two, the game is to Street Fighter Two, the movie, as Mario, the game is to Mario, the movie, in that they're. They're they're probably about the same amount of the same, or as Mortal Kombat is to Mortal Kombat Annihilation, mm. not Mortal Kombat. Yeah. An- Mortal Kombat to Mortal yeah. Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's no. fine, but Annihilation. Ooh. Yeah. No, actually, if anybody gets the chance, go out and watch the uh, uh, sc- uh, screen rant pitch meeting for Mortal <laughs> Kombat Annihilation. That's it's good. Um, so uh, yeah. So anyway, so this is a street fighter. Like they are fighting in the streets. So this is. It's it's kind of weird, and this is definitely straight from visuals, but it's kind of weird that like this whatever this tournament is, it is well funded enough to fly fighters all over the world, but like not enough to hold an actual venue, you know, because you're I, fighting in the streets. I suspect I don't remember the story. I suspect that <laughs> um, this is like an illegal underground sort of thing, right? Uh-huh. And so it's not like I'm I'm competing to be the heavyweight champion of the world and it's like part of a well-established industry that sells advertisements and has ring girls like this is the these people it's like fight club like these people are just wailing on each other in the streets and the onlookers are just like there you go those two drunken hobos just laying into each other who seem really well dressed and incredibly talented at martial arts. <laughs> and and that's that's kind of the feel I get from it, right? It's, it's like a fight club, right? But in Fight Club, they weren't importing fighters from all over the world. Like that's the one piece of cognitive dissonance that like I just can't reconcile, which is that it's like, okay, so yeah, you know, it's it, it would be like me, you know, you and me and, and a bunch of our friends, like we're all just going to like lay into each other's spar. I mean, basically like our Kung Fu studio. It would be like our Kung Fu studio. But then if one of us said like, I bet there's a guy in China we could go beat up. Let's go do that. And then we all got on a plane and flew to China to go beat up this one guy. So here's here's how you tie this back to visuals. The Because this is an arcade port, um, the character select screen is also the level progression screen. And it literally just shows mm-hmm. an Indiana Jones style plane, yes. like going <laughs> all over the world to the USSR even. Right. So like, yeah, you, you not only are you in different levels where you're like, Oh, now I'm in the USSR. Now I'm in China. Now I'm in the USA. Right. But you literally see the airline miles being racked up. Like, I mean, Guile is apparently in the air force, so he has a jet, but Everybody else, like they just like coach. Like I, I, I do think that the military frowns upon you taking a jet to go to an illegal street fighting tournament. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not yeah, in the military, I mean, so, so. I, I'd rather you didn't just speak about something you know that, nothing about. That's fair. I, I, I'm not an expert. So anybody who is in the military <laughs> who has flown a jet, uh, go outside of your house and and yell whether or not you're allowed to take that jet to illegal tournament. So what I the way I was going to tie up back to visuals is I do appreciate. <laughs> 
the backgrounds, right? <laughs> the, the backdrops and the back settings, right? Because they, they do have that Street Fighter feel, right? Is that it's not, you know, like just some generic, you know, like splashed on background. And they're they're animated because it's it it like Ryu's Ra- Ra- isn't because apparently you're fighting him in his master's dojo that he had to kill but never told why or there's whatever. There's a I think but, there's like birds in the background. It he his is one of the least animated, but even his background still has some motion. It it does, but it makes it um very much so feel like it is, you know, it's just it's just happening. Like there are onlookers, there's an audience, you know? And uh and yeah, and it actually um it, it, it not only does it add some some variation to the screen, A, it it never competes with what you're doing. If you want to focus on the fight, the the background just fades away. But if you want to focus on the background, there's some weird stuff going on back there, and it's kind of fun. Um, one of them, and okay, I don't know. Also, I mean, I, this is just a, an episode filled with stuff I'm not an expert <laughs> on. I am not an expert on poultry manufacturing, if that's a nice way to say, you know. But literally, in one point, there is somebody who's holding a chicken upside down it's in China. Yeah, in China. Yeah, and I'm like. I just I don't know if that's it if that's really how that goes down. Maybe it is. But if that guy's choking a chicken, which is what it looks like he's doing, that's kind of funny, right? So <laughs> it's juvenile, but it's funny. Here's the thing. Um the note that I have for this in my notes is background animations aren't meant to be looked directly at. <laughs> <laughs> because they do make the world feel super alive. I agree with you 100%. And I'm really glad that they did it. But you're not really supposed to look right at them. It's like it's like a solar eclipse. Like appreciate it in your periphery. Because uh in Guile's stage, one of the guys is like, you know, cheering like, yeah, get him kind of thing. And then there's another the guy who's sitting and his cheering motion also looks like chicken choking. <laughs> but there is no chicken. So like mm. uh, while I was playing this, uh, an onlooker literally said, um, is that guy in the background masturbating? Like <laughs> there's, yeah. just, there's just no way. Cause I mean, it's, it's a, all the sprites in the background have like a couple of frames of animation, right? It's just movement smash to other movement, smash back to the first frame. Right. And so if you're not looking right at it, it's like, oh, the world is alive and these people are really here watching this fight. But if you look right at them, it don't look right at them. Yeah. If you look right at them, stop looking right at them. No, it is very much so like, um, you know, the edge of the, the Truman Show universe, you know, where he like, he like plows into it, where it's just, again, at a distance, it looks fine. But it, when you actually focus in on it, it is just the uncanniest of uncanny valleys. But Again, to me, it's it, it, the per, you're not supposed to be looking directly at it, and so to me, it's just kind of it, this falls into the the, the category of um, of just kind of fun, like weirdness, you know, where it's like, yeah, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that on the playground you would be like, you know, oh yeah, well, on the background of Street Fighter Two in this stage, this person's choking a chicken, you get it, you know, and it's just yeah, it's just weird, weird little stuff like that. So I I I really enjoyed the uh, the backgrounds the. The one final note I had for visuals, um, just because this is apropos of nothing, which is um, that, you know, there are they're clearly ripping off some people, you know, as like far as character models go. I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I just, I just think it's kind of, um, I, I don't know whether, so the, the reason why I bring it up is, is, you know, not to, to, to crap on it. Um, because I, I'm fine with it is, uh, you know, like, so obviously you've got Balrog who's Mike Tyson, right? No, he's Mr. Dream from punch out. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever, whatever other things that, uh, that, Mike Tyson wasn't a part of. Um, what's that? It, the, the one. Uh, um, oh, it was. It was uh, Futurama, where they they you know say like they're doing a Scooby Doo knockoff like parody, and they're like, oh, "Look, it's Larry Bird." What do you think, Larry Bird? This is Larry Bird. I got your script. I do not want to be a part of this show at all. Please, no longer contact me. <laughs> That's great, Larry Bird. <laughs> you know. Um, but like Kyle, Guile is obviously supposed to be Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is funny because when they went to make the movie, they got Jean-Claude Van Damme to play Guile. So at that point, I'm like, well, you've kind of endorsed it at that point. Well, I mean, but he's supposed to be like an all-American, which Jean-Claude Van Damme super not. It's not. No, it's just, it's just weird hilarity all the way down. Um, all of that being said, though, is that this is kind of the cultural version of Smash Brothers, you know? Where it's like in Smash Brothers, you took all of the different characters from all of these different games. And you're like, I mean, it's the the equivalent of like smashing your action figures together. Well, this is the cultural version of that. It's like, well, what if we took this hyper stereotype of you know Muay Thai fighting and this hyper stereotype of you know like like Indian yoga and hyper stereotype of all this, then you just take the action figures, smash them together, you know? So I kind of thought that was kind of cool. Is that all the character models are very varied, but they're very, I mean, they're stereotypes, but they're kind of supposed to be because it's supposed to be. The, the nth stereotype fighting the other nth stereotype. Yeah, and th- this is actually the last note I had for visuals as well, which is just the amount of character that the characters have is fantastic. And you can see mm-hmm. from literally the next game in the series onward that they worked harder and harder to convey with the visuals. Like, oh, this guy's muscular. He's insane muscular and like oh this guy's like kind of got some demon in him he's got a lot of demon in him right like they really started to do stuff over the top but you can see all of the groundwork for that being laid here right unfortunately chun li is the only girl right so you you've got you've got you know seven fighters and girl right so that's that's a bummer but she's it's like playing uh guess who and when, when you get like uh I, I think there were like two black people or something I, like that. I think that. there was like two black people and one of them had glasses. Yeah. Yeah. It was, or, or I think only one of them was a woman, yeah. you know? So it's yeah, like, it was, it, not, is it a woman? <laughs> Half of them go down. Are they black? <laughs> oh, you sunk my battleship. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I really like, cause you know, like Ryu and Ken are supposed to be, they were trained by the same master. So they wear similar geese, but you know, Ryu, is in not just different colors, but he has short brown hair and Ken has flowing blonde hair. And then like Dalsim looks like a ridiculous stereotype and Balrog looks like a ridiculous stereotype and Chun-Li looks like a, they're all stereotypes, but they have a lot of like fun, uh, not just characterization. Yeah. And, 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 and even into the way they move, right? Like Chun-Li, of course, being the one girl, like, when she wins, she totally drops because she's like a police officer. She's the strongest woman in the world. Like that's literally her like thing. And when she wins a fight, she like jumps up and down like a teenager and goes like, yeah, and does like the peace sign. Yeah. Right. 
uh, when Balrog wins the second fight because every character has a first fight win pose and then a, a, a you know a match win pose. Balrog just rips his shirt off and like shows off his muscles like uh, Sagat like dude is shredded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he he must be a waiter because he's stacking plate like seven times a week, man. You know, I mean, he, he worships at the Temple of Swole. Wouldn't that make him a busboy? Why, why you come to sh- oh, you can- this man? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, just, I really love the amount of character in all the characters. There, there's no duplication. There's no way you could possibly confuse any of them. Everything is just super unique to every single character. And as they added more and more fighters to the roster that got harder and harder, but they generally managed to do it right. Like one of the things that's different about this game from its predecessors is you can play as the bosses and the bosses are wholly unique, right? Balrog, um, uh, Vega, what Sagat and M Bison. What's the Spanish guy's name? Vega. Vega. Um, yeah, all, all four of the bosses like look and <laughs> the, the only guy who's allowed to bring knives into the arena. Well, and M. Bison has psychic powers. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know why. Like, I mean, like, but psychic powers like they're still his. And, and you Sagat know? Like, is a giant. I mean, I know again that that's just is. who he is, but he's huge. He is enormous, man. He's got to be. He's like Piccolo level yeah. tall. Like he's it's like cell he's tall. cell with. Yeah, but with his like weird. <laughs> head deal he's tall you know yeah. but i just i you know vi- visually i think in the character portraits in the way they fight in the way they look in the way they move in their victory poses in their bloodied up face like there's zero chance you would ever confuse any two characters every character is wholly themselves and now i'm done with visuals yeah i think that i, I agree with that i think that the, the best way to say it is like does it pass the silhouette test which is do you know like if you looked at their silhouette would you be able to tell them apart absolutely oh no, no sorry doubt. somehow i didn't mention blanca who has no question the most terrifying silhouette but yeah him uh, yeah like what's his deal i again like when we don't do research for this and i'm not very up on the street fighter franchise but uh, there's got to be like was he raised by wolves like was he raised by bears like, wolves? like was he raised by pikachus <laughs> No, that was wolves, and and and, and still no. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so so sound, so sound. Um, Capcom, in my opinion, uh, they do them some good music. I really like Capcom music in general, and what I think of when I think of Capcom music in general is Street Fighter and Mega Man, and Mega Man has mm-hmm. some gosh dang iconic music, and. I realized listening to these these tuneskis that most of this music is not as seared into my memory as like a lot of the Mega Man franchise music. But the second I heard these songs start playing, I could sing along, right? So like yeah, my brain had to like go into cold storage to retrieve these particular tracks, but they were there. Like they were still totally there because if you play this game with friends for hours and hours and hours, like there's only so many stages, right? There's 12 stages, I guess, right? So you're going to hear them over and 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 over, which is fine because it's all good music. Like it's, I don't think it's as iconic as Mega Man, but it's all good music and it's as varied as 
the visuals for the stages are right. The, the China level has the China music and there's three USA levels, but they all have different music, right? Cause one of them, the Balrog levels like at a casino. So it's got like casino music, right? There's two in Thailand, two different Thailand, two in Japan, two different Japanese tracks, right? So like you get a lot of variation in how each level sounds that is every bit is as crucial to the feel of that level as how that level looks. Agreed. Um, and it's interesting because my, my main note for this one was uh, um, it, it sounds like a Capcom game, you know, and it now that we have played it is one of those weird things that, you know, I don't know whether this makes makes us more or less endearing at parties. But, you know, when somebody <laughs> says, you know, oh, well, something, something, something video game music. And it's like, well, actually, like I, I feel I could now speak educatedly about what Capcom music sp- sounds like. I don't know if that's interesting to anyone, but it's interesting to me. <laughs> Um, and hopefully to the people who listen to the podcast, but the people who listen to the podcast opt in. Whereas when you're cornered by us at a party, like you didn't necessarily opt into that conversation. And you cannot opt um, out. No, we'll follow you around. <laughs> it's, it gets weird, but it's important. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it, it sounds like a Capcom game. Here's the weird thing for me is that there is one Capcom game. So I played the the mess out of Mega Man X, right? Um, and this does sound a, a bit like Mega Man X, but you know the one Capcom game that I played the ever-loving mess out of um, that just really stuck in my head was UN Squadron, right? Mm-hmm. Which we have played, and you go listen to the episode. This music sounds exactly like UN Squadron to me, you know? And so, basically, and I think it's it's well better crafted is that it doesn't have so many extremes like UN Squadron did. UN Squadron was also made like three years earlier, so like they maybe were like, ah, this didn't sound quite as good, and they honed it a little bit. But yeah, when I queued it up, I was like, oh, is this, is this UN Squadron? No, it's, it's not. But it's a Capcom game, so Capcom makes music, when they make music for the SNES, it sounds like this. Um, it's all good, you know, so uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting how they have their own signature kind of kind of tunes. As that were it's the the sound palette that they write their songs from. Um, it's why uh, all of the oh God, I can't think of the name of the production company, but the company that did act razor, like all of the games in that series sound the same because they all draw from that same sound palette. Um, one of the things that a fighting game always does by, uh, let's say Fiat is because it's a fighting game. You got to have everybody like calling out their moves Right. So every time you fire a Hadouken, you say Hadouken. Every time you fire a Sonic Boom, you say Sonic Boom. Every time you do the like the super fast palm technique as the Honda, the super fast kicks as Chun Li, there's like, you know, <laughs> like to go along with it. And that's all fine because what I actually want to say here is somehow none of these are annoying even on turbo mode mm-hmm. on a high difficulty where special moves are being thrown left and right. They don't get annoying except Sagat's hyper. I cannot stand that giant ass going hyper, 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 hyper uppercut, hyper, hyper. hyper. It got, it's like, it's the one bit of, of dialogue that is in the game that I just find insufferable, right? The, the thing is closer to a monologue, well, which is spoken, weird. I, I mean, like spoken, you know, yeah. character voices because there's yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, to be fair, there's kind of a back and forth. It's just the weirdest dialogue ever where it's like hyper Hadouken, hyper, you yeah. know, like it's like, is this, this conversation, but anyway, sorry. Yeah. But the, uh, 
there's a lot of Foley, right? There's a lot of slapping, punching things, getting broken noises, right? Every time you land a kick it or miss for that matter, it goes like, you know, whiff, 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 thwop, right? So there's like a lot of like kind of noises. None of those graded on me. All that sounds fine. Everybody else's spoken lines all sounded fine, but Sagat needs to shut the hell up forever because when I'm fighting everyone else, I'm like, I must be the world's strongest. And when I'm fighting Sagat, I'm just like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I will shut you up. Maybe, maybe that's why his face is so messed up in the, (laughs) you know, thing because people, people just exclusively punch him in the mouth. Like he has no body shots. You know, he, he, he like wins because people are unwilling to hit him in anything but his mouth. I will punch you in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) um so for the sound effects i've got like that they're hilariously awful in the sense of like (laughs) that that they're not they're not like but but i say that they're 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 genre defining right which is to kind of what you you said which is that you know the hadouken right like for me it was it was ryu and his hadouken like mostly because when i was fighting him uh, God, he was the the first real honest to god skill wall I hit, <laughs> um, and I fought him like more times, and I got real irritated with him. But um, yeah, that Hadouken, Hadouken, Hadouken. I'm like, I get it, I get it. But again, you need to know that like a Hadouken has been fired, you know. And so the visuals are are always you know very very clear. But at the same point in time, having both cues. Let's you know, like, so when you hear like, huh, like he's doing the animation, you know, he's not about to punch. He's not about to do anything else. He's going to, to throw his, his signature move. Um, so yeah, so, and, that, and that's kind of the, the, the bulk of the, my very robust notes for sound, but which is that, you know, and this is, this is something that I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg here but it's something that it's it's rife in anime as well where like everybody has their signature attack and they have to call it out before they before they do it you know um it's just kind of a trope and uh and this game this game follows it and again to your point is that it never gets it it never gets annoying i think that the my annoyance with it is directly proportional to how much i'm getting ruined by it you know, that, that's fair. So like, and that's that may be directly related to why I hate the <laughs> hyper so much, right? Because I mean, you know, if somebody, for example, because it was specifically Ryu's Hadouken, Ken's didn't bother me, but he didn't spam it at me like Ryu <laughs> did, jerk. So you know, like, like I was way more okay with Ken because I was able to like pummel the mess out of him way easier than I was Ryu. So, and I, you know, wonder if that's like a thing in life where it's like <laughs> people, uh people bother you a lot are proportionate to how much of a pain they are. I mean, like, like, like little annoying things that people will do, you know, if somebody like picks their teeth, but you know, they're, they're like inconsequential to you. Whereas if your boss picks their teeth, you're like, that's the grossest thing ever. You know, there, there, there may be some correlation there. I can believe that. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of all I've got for sound. So, uh, one thing I wanted to make sure I called out because, uh, we often wax philosophical about whether or not a game could be played on mute, right? When we're talking about the audio and you certainly could play this game on mute. I think it would be harder to learn this game on mute. And here's why everything you said about the visuals matching up with like the Hadouken, right? Like it's super obvious when he's doing the motion and the, the audio cue I think comes at the same time. So I don't think you, 
necessarily get that information any sooner. One place that you do get very important information that doesn't always have a distinct visual to go with it is this game. And because you have nothing else for, for, um, audio, this, this could be our segue into, uh, controls is this game has, uh, heavy punch, medium punch and light punch, then heavy kick, medium kick and light kick. Sometimes they're high, medium, low, but not for everyone. Sometimes each one looks visually distinct, but not for everyone, but they all do the same audio cue. When you miss the, the low punch is usually the, or the light punch is usually the fastest and it goes like whiff. And then the medium punch is like whiff. And then the, the heavy punch is like, right. So like there's a super, super obvious audio cue. And again, for most of the characters, their heavy kick, their medium kick and their light kick look visually different, but not always. Some characters like their medium and light looks the same, but the light is a little bit faster. And having that different audio cue really helps you understand not just what you're doing as you're learning how the characters move, but when you dodge a kick or you dodge a punch, it kind of tells you like, Oh, what would that have been? Like, would that have been a heavy punch and that would have rocked my socks or would that have been a light punch and I would have managed to survive it. Right. So you, you get some, I think just kind of novel audio feedback from this that you don't really get, uh, in a lot of games because usually it's like, Oh, the ship fires bullets or rockets and the rockets make a different noise than the bullets. And it's like, well, but, but I can see that. Right. Whereas if it's right. a jab or a heavy jab, it's like, well, but I can't really necessarily see the difference, but I can definitely hear it right from the first time you sit down, you can hear the difference. Even if you can just barely see the difference visually, uh, the one and only other audio thing I have to say is, um, did you pause the game at all while you were playing? Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> it's 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 concerning. It's awesome. Like I it, love it so much. Oh, I mean, so the thing is that again, this may have just been the way it was painted for me because this was, you know, um okay, a, a brief tangent is so I, the only time I really had to play this game was when when the kids were awake, right? Um so but that's not uncommon. Like I'll play these games a lot of times while the kids are awake. Teddy loved this game. Like he later on was playing Dada's game um, by like running around. Cause initially I was playing a Sagat, like he was running around and just like lifting his one leg and like putting his arm up, like just like Sagat did. And he was like, Doing no, like no. The, the Muay Thai block. Yeah. You know? And then at one point he was like, <laughs> no, 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 Dada, you, you be this person and I'll be this person. And he like got into his little fighting thing. I was like, this is amazingly endearing. That being said, the only time when I paused the game was because the kids were doing something that I immediately had to go address. So, I didn't even know what it was, but I just like hit pause. And then all of a sudden the game from my seat was just screaming at me or doing, making like some crazy amount of noise. I was like, ah, God, what, what? There's just there's too much. It's all too much. So, uh, yeah. What, what was that? Sorry. I never really dug back into so it. So it's like, it, it's like an, an orchestra hit kind of like, dun, 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 <laughs> like, I don't know why that's what the pause sound effect is. I would love to believe that there is some deep connection to the lore of street fighter. <laughs> And that that is like the call of the God of street fighting. So like, I, I, I would love to believe that there's some utter insanity, but I don't think that there is Jeff, 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 God of street fighting, Jeff, the God of street fighting. Yeah. Yep. From the former USSR. <laughs> 
Yes, that that is that is my understanding, at least, um, of the this the current gods. So there's like Odin, you know, um, Loki, Thor, Jeff, and um, Jesus, Denise, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and he's in there being being cool, handing out handing out bread and stuff, water, but the water gets fun later. <laughs> While you're fighting, it's water, but later. So- yeah. Ooh. So I want to uh, call out something with the controls that uh, somehow didn't come up when we were playing any of the other fighting games, which is this game actually made me wish I had been able to play it with a fight stick. Hmm. Because I normally I'm not a big like you. I'm not a big on fighting games, but I just I was like I was able to execute Hadoukens and Hurricane Kicks and Chun-Li's weird bird kick. And like I I could you know, I can get down. Like I could play street fighter. I'm not great at it, but like I can play the game, but I just, I was like, man, some of these like stupid full circles and Z shapes and stuff you got to do to execute like certain combos. I was like, I wish I had a fight stick, especially because the super Nintendo fight stick looked awesome. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do any of the special moves. Not, <laughs> not a one to be fair. I, I never have been able to, Ever in my entire life, any single time, even in Mortal Kombat and games like that, um, I, I just I can't I cannot get that semicircle half circle weirdness down consistently. Um, just I've always struggled with it. So I got to see all the special moves. I was always on the receiving end of them. <laughs> so like one of the reasons why Sagat's hyper didn't bother me was because I never saw it, and I never saw it because I never got to fight him because I wasn't skilled enough to get to him, and. And even though I could play as him, I was not skilled enough to execute his move. Luckily, um, his arms are the size of half the screen, so I could just punch and kick somebody from, you know, Dalsim distance away. So I, I gotta ask, did, were you just playing on the default difficulty? Because you know you could turn it down. Uh, no. I mean, I was playing on the default <laughs> difficulty, yeah. I got pretty far. I got I got past Chun-Li. Who's after Chun-Li? Uh, it dep- I think it depends on who you start as. No, it's consistent. Then I don't know. Yeah. I know the bosses always go in the same order. Yeah. Uh anyways, I got I got to whoever's after Chunli. Um and then I and then I <laughs> realized that I just it 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 my care left so quickly. It was just impressive where I was like, I think I was like, I think I can do it. I think I can beat this game. And then I got stuck on yet another person. I was like, no, I don't. I'm good. So, so if, if it makes you feel any better, there's, I think, either eight or ten. Like, when you go into the options, it's like, you know, easy, hard, and then there's stars between them. Like, just like the turbo menu on the, the main screen. And I think it it either defaults to three or four. I I handily beat the game on one star. I managed to beat it on two stars. I don't think I got around to beating it on three, but I could have like, if I'd stuck with it, cause I was like, Oh, I can eventually wear the computer down. Cause you have infinite continues. But so, yep. You know, by that standard, I also did not beat the game because I also didn't beat it on the difficulty. You were unknowingly only playing at. Um, but this is an important thing about a fighting game is if you're going to train up to be able to beat your friend, cause your friend is better than you, you need to be able to tweak the AI and, you know, like bring it down and then like educate yourself up to this is as hard as fighting my friend level. Yes. Well, and, and, and to your point, and one of my notes is that 
you're not supposed to be fighting the computer. You're supposed to be fighting your friends, you know? And that's, that's kind of the whole point is that, you know, the computer has razor sharp knowledge of exactly where the hitbox is. Um, but your friends don't, you know, like the computer knows exactly when you input a thing and the, the optimal counter for that, but your friends don't, you know, the purpose of this game isn't to, the purpose of Smash Brothers isn't to play against three level nine computers, it's to play against your friends. And if you don't want to get angry at your friends, to play with your friends against the level nine computers. But it's, uh, you know, the point isn't to fight the computers, the point is to fight your friends. So a lot of the computer AI, uh, you know, tomfoolery, I, I consistently took with a grain of salt because I was like, I'm not, this isn't, this isn't what you're supposed to do. This is supposed to be the thing that you do until your friend comes over. So that way you can learn how to beat them. And even then, even if there's something where, you know, you, you, you figure out a way to play the game that is, you know, just, just beats the mess out of everything, right? Your friends will put a stop to that. Like literally, I remember when we would play Smash Brothers or Street Fighter or anything like that, where one person was not allowed to play as a certain character because they were too good at it. It's like, yeah, great. You have already proven the fact that you can beat us with this character. Duly noted. Now stop playing as them. Like you are not like your main is Balrog. Great. You're not allowed to play as Balrog because you own the game. So stop, you know, um, which raises an important question. Who was your main? Or did you did you just dance around? Well, so so I actually that leads into a, a big point I want to make. So who is your main? So my main for actually being successful uh, was Ryu because Ryu's special moves. It would be. Well, and I mean, he is, I think, technically the hero of the story. Like, I think if you look at the Street Fighter canon, I think overall the story broadly kind of follows him. Um, so it would make sense that he's the most approachable to play and like kind of the most well balanced because he's sort of the hero. Um, He's the Mario. I remember, it's what? He's the Mario. Okay. For some reason, I heard he's Blanca. I just wanted to be like, no, Bla- Blanca <laughs> is Blanca. <laughs> Blanca is obviously Blanca. Blanca is Blanca. <laughs> he is the best at being Blanca. Out of all of the Blancas I know, he's the Blankiest. <laughs> They're the Blankiest. Anyway, uh, uh, I, I do remember as a youth uh, spending a lot of time with uh, Chun-Li and Dalsim. Um, Chun-Li because I mean, she's girl Ryu, right? She's like a legitimate martial artist, but she does Kung Fu instead of karate. Um, she has, uh, in, in this game, they introduced her little like fireball attack. So she kind of even plays a little bit like Ryu. She has the crazy spinning bird kick, which is literally just a hurricane kick upside down. Right. So, I mean, like she handles very similar, but she could jump off the freaking edge of the screen and that was dope as hell. So, you know, Chun-Li was cool. And Delsim, of course, is like, before you could play as Sagat in Street Fighter 2, right, before Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Delsim was the one with the insane reach. And that was just always a delight. So R- Ryu is the short answer, but like Ryu, Chun-Li, and Delsim, I guess, is the longer answer. R- Ryu plus. <laughs> R- Ryu um, and friends. <laughs> So I mained originally I was playing as Sagat. Um and then I hit my my skill wall. Um 
where which was against Ryu, where I, I got so frustrated, dude. Because- See, that, that's hilarious because I think Sagat is the end boss of the first game where you are Ryu. So nice. That's kind of funny that you, like, the, the roles were reversed. <laughs> the issue I was having was that you know you can't jump down towards Ryu because he you know hyper uppercuts you right. You can't. Sure, you can. Yeah, he sure you can. You, um, you 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 know you can't linear linearly attack him because he'll you know hadouken you it's just he's he's really difficult to like get close to right especially for a lumbering mound like sagat um so then i switched to chun li and then i actually i mained as chun li through the bulk of the game um the reason why is because chun li has a really strong uh first optimal uh first order optimal strategy right so First order optimal strategies, right? So um, that the idea behind this, and and I'm sure you're all, you're completely back to forward versed on this. So this is not for you. This is for the listeners. And I always appreciate you taking the time to explain it to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, anytime you want to jump in, please, you know, feel free. That'd be rude. It would. It would. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you giving me this. This is a safe space. It's good. <laughs> First order optimal strategies are ones where basically, so the idea is with, um, if you take like a, a skill versus power curve, right? So let's say that, you know, a move has power X, right? Um, the skill, and let's say the skill required to execute it is skill X, right? If all of a sudden, if something has power X plus two, it should not take skill X plus two to execute, Right. So the idea is if you kind of graph this chart, you don't want it to be linear. You want it to be kind of a quadratic curve. Is that the idea is that something that only requires a little bit more skill to do gives you a substantial power increase, right? But the issue is that most power curves don't play out like that. What they actually play out as is that there's some stuff that takes some more skill to do and doesn't really give you a great power jump, you know? But there's something that requires very, very little skill to do this disproportionately powerful, and it is made for new players. So that way you can get some kind of a word in edgewise with more skilled players. Um, <clears throat> another exemplar of this is like, uh, uh, my understanding is like the noob tube in Call of Duty, right? You know, where basically the idea is that it's it's literally made for noobs. No experienced player would ever use it. There are way better games, better uh, strategies in the game. But when you're a noob and you don't know what you're doing, this helps you get your get your first word in edgewise, right? So there are similar things in Street Fighter. And one of the first order optimal strategies, oh, and also a lot of this information I got from Extra Credits, so please go support <laughs> them and, and all that good stuff. I don't want to, you know, say be, be, be ripping them off. Yeah, I appreciate that honesty. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, so one of the, the, the first order optimal strategies within Street Fighter is uh, Chun-Li's hyperkick, mm-hmm. right? Is because it takes very, very little skill to do and is bananas powerful. So one of the, the downsides is that with a first order optimal strategy is that if you don't plan your skill curve, skill to power curve well enough, people can kind of latch on to that and never give it up because they never really take the time to master the skills that you really need them to do because you don't incentivize them to do so. The amount of skill that it takes to execute Sagat's hyperbeam or hyperwave, right, is so much higher than Chun-Li's hyperkick, right, that, um, that you know, it's like, well, why, why do that? I can just do the hyperkick. So then the problem is that you get way further in the game than you reasonably should with only using this one strategy. So then when all of a sudden that strategy stops working, you feel betrayed because all of a sudden the game from your seat hit a 
insane difficulty spike, and it didn't. The difficulty's been slowly progressing. It's just the thing you've done to cludge your way through it has now stopped working. And now the game developers expect you to have a tremendous amount of skill that you've never really developed. So all of that being said about this game in particular, I, I personally found while playing the single player mode to have that problem of really disproportionately allowing you to lean on a first order optimal strategy. Um, but that may have just been me. Uh, I, I don't know whether this game ha- handled it well or poorly. Um, but for me personally, my experience was that once I hit that skill wall, I was like, yeah, I'm done because the only thing I know how to do is Chun-Li's hyperkick. And I can't even touch anybody with any other character. Like the minute I switched off of Chun-Li, I got, my lunch eaten so much harder <laughs> that I was like, well, there's no point in playing anybody but Chumley. So yeah. I, I agree with the sentiment. I think one additional thing worth considering is the thing that would make a player not fall victim to, Oh, well, this was the only thing I knew how to do and it doesn't work anymore. So I guess I'm just not going to play the game is that you're only playing single player to practice against for when you fight against your friends and your friends will not stand for that nonsense. There's a reason you're not allowed to uh, scorpion spear uppercut scorpion spear uppercut in Mortal Kombat until they die. And it's because the loop is impossible to break. It's not fun. And if your friend was doing that, you would reach over and slap him in his dumb face. Like I have definitely done and had done to me. Right. So like, so if you, Find a move in a fighting game, and there are moves in this game that are hyper exploitable, right? If you if you can execute them properly, you can basically just stun lock someone and murder house them. And there isn't a lot of places that that happens, which speaks to how well balanced the game is overall. But there's usually somewhere, and the game doesn't really, maybe even can't really, but it it definitely doesn't really in this case do anything to prevent you from playing that way if you choose to and letting that ruin your experience. I think that they are arguably relying on the world and the likely circumstances under which you are playing, which is against your friends because your friends will not tolerate you just standing with your back against the wall and hitting medium kick over and over and over and over. Absolutely. And and that's the big thing is that and again, the thing that, that I just can't stress enough, which is that, that this game is made to be played with humans, not to be played again. The, the, the story mode exists because why not? You know, I mean, like even when you look at Smash Brothers, which, you know, draws heavily from all of these types of fighting games, like they have a story mode, but the story mode and this is about as well fleshed out as the story mode in Smash Brothers is, which is not at all, you know? I mean, it wasn't until like way later to, and it started getting weird with some of the stories that they started throwing at us with like whatever the most recent one was. I, it, that one was so complicated. I couldn't follow it. I'm like, so I'm just, I'm fighting people, right? <laughs> like there's some nega energy that I don't know. Um, all that being said is that, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not, it's not meant to be played as a, um, as a linear style game. Nobody went to the, the, you know, playground and said, Oh, I beat, you know, Street Fighter two yesterday. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Dotson, Dotson, I got Dotson here. See, nobody cares. Um, you know, so it's 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 that. Um, so I I agree completely. Um, you mentioned stun stunning and stun locking. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. That got very upsetting but, to me. But sometimes it's stars, and sometimes it's birds. Oh, hey, Hi, thank bird. you. Um, so. <laughs> 
So no, uh, I I did not like that. Um, and here's why is because I don't. And please, anybody who's uh, you know like an expert in fighting games, if you could um, hop in the comments and shut the hell up because I don't care. I don't like it. Um, but no, I'm, I'm sure that there is a reason. I I am always open to learning. So if somebody wants to educate me, please shut up because I don't care. Um, so I'm giving you mixed signals. <laughs> um, to me, it's a bad mechanic because it it gives bonus points to the person who's already winning, right? So I'm sitting here on the, on the receiving end of multiple awful, awful blows, especially from Ryu. So like Ryu would Hadouken me and then, you know, like kick me in the face or kick me in the face and then Hadouken me. I think it was that, in that order. Yeah, because it kicked me, it knocked me, knocked me back and then Hadouken me while I was in the air and then I'd get up and I'm stunlocked. And I'm like, okay, so can I play the game at some point? Can I please just get a chance to do anything? So now all of a sudden I've gone from being at full health to like one quarter of my health left. Just, and there was literally nothing I could do about it. And to your point, you know, there are ways to get into those cycles, which the game will capitalize on if you play it too hard of a difficulty like my dumb butt did. But, um, but at the same point in time, like it, that, that I don't understand the purpose of the stun mechanic because it, it further widens the gap. Like if you are winning, you will now win harder. It is the, the, you know, beer pong of, you know, fighting games where it's like, if you start to lose, you're probably going to lose harder. You know, I, I think the right way to do something like that, that I, I do not feel like is happening here, but I, I could imagine this happening in later street fighter games or in other games that wanted to have like a daze is, make me dazing my opponent really risky, right? Really hard to do or really risky. Or if I screw it up, then I get dazed or something because then you've balanced or you, you start to attempt to balance the risk to reward, right? And it's like, Oh, if I, if I can daze him, then I'll be able to win. But if I screw it up, then he's going to punch me in my dumb face. And then I might lose because he'll get to punch me in my dumb face, right? So you you create a a a commensurate price with the thing you're buying, which is them being stunned and you getting to do extra damage. It's not what's happening in Street Fighter Two Turbo colon Hyper Fighting. What's <laughs> happening here is I punched you in the face six times, and then the game says, "Would you like to take a free shot?" And it's like, "Yes, yes, game, I would." And for me, because I don't know why I suck at throwing in fighting games, I always, if I managed to stun my opponent, I always used it as an opportunity to throw because otherwise I'd never get that move off. So it's just like, ah, I stunned them. I'm going to casually walk over to you now and body slam. Yeah. Body slam. Kidney punch, kidney punch, kidney punch, and pause. Kidney punch. Um, so actually, I think a really good exemplar in a fighting game of how stunning should work is in Smash Brothers, right? You get stunned when you overuse your shield, you know? So one, that puts stunning back in my court, you know, like if I am the one being stunned. Like, I will only be stunned if I allow it to happen, you know? Um, It may be like my best option or only option, but the idea is that if you're just sitting there with your guard up the whole time, as opposed to just, you know, the person being like, well, I guess I'm just doing this now. Or I'm just slamming into you nonstop. And then your shield will drop for a second. And I'll get one hit off and then you'll throw your shield back up. And 
you know, it just becomes this exhausting mess, right? It's like, no, if you keep doing that, your shield's going to go down. So I'm going to be Samus. I'm going to get my full-on charge blast, and I'm going to knock your shield down, and then I'm going to point-blank shoot you in your dumb face, right? So I think that, that that's an example of, like, you know, that's a good, as you said, risk to reward, where it's like, okay, and and I would I would be way more okay with the stunning if if you the likelihood of you being stunned went way up the more you blocked you know so if you're just sitting there like backing up and backing up and running away and backing up and then it's like that's fine but you know that first hit i actually get on you you are going to get stunned and it is going to be delicious when i throw you across the screen it's gonna make me feel so good you know like that'd be great but in this case yeah it was just kind of like you know a two for one sale for punching George in the face, you know, it was a punching George in the face fire sale. Everything must go. And I just did not care for that at all. Yeah. And, and this is, I mean, to your point, like it's done very differently in smash brothers. I suspect it's probably done very differently in later street fighter games, right? Because it's, it, it creates the exact imbalance you're describing. And that's, it. it's super fun. If you're on the, the face punching side, right? Not so much <laughs> if you're on the getting your face punch side. That is, that is generally true of, uh, of face punching is that it, that is a very one, one sided, uh, equation as far as generating joy goes. Yeah, true. Um, you did <laughs> just guess, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, this picture Marie Kondo, does this spark joy? It's like, it depends, you know? <laughs> yeah. You got the, the person who threw the punch, and the person who got punched and just like nodding and furious head shaking. It's like, no, come on. Remember how excited we were when I punched you? And it's like, no, I was not excited when, when we punched me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. that. But you, You did just casually mention something that I forgot to mention. So thank you, which is, uh, this game does jumping via up and it does blocking via back and back as in away from your opponent, right? So it could be left or right. Um, Blocking only happens if you are within a certain distance of your opponent or uh, they have done a ranged attack that is like on its way across the screen to you, right? So if we are standing at opposite sides of the screen and I'm holding back and you're just standing still punching, I won't automatically block because I'm outside of whatever the the hitbox or the, the, the block box is for that. Um, if you throw a sonic boom, then I would block because it's eventually going to get over to me. Um, I don't know how else you would do this. Cause you can't just have like more face buttons forever and ever and shoulder buttons. And like on a fight stick, you just have like a huge grid of buttons. I don't honestly know if I would prefer that, but I don't love it being back. Like it, it took me a minute to re-internalize that that's what was happening because I don't play a lot of fighting games. And when I do, it's usually like a smash brothers, right? Which has a block button. And so I just found myself getting punched in the jaw more often than I should have. Cause I was like, Oh, he's about to punch me in the jaw. I'll just press the block button. There isn't one. Oh no. <laughs> right. And then, and then you get punched in the jaw and it's like, would I internalize that eventually? Yes. This may even be standard across the fighting genre. I don't honestly know, but it, it's I part of me was like, I, I don't know where I would put this extra button, but I kind of wish this was mapped to a button. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, in Smash Brothers, it is it is mapped to a button. Um, it's definitely a, 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 a thing of the genre. Um, so I think that it's something that once you do internalize it, it becomes 
normal. Um, I mean, it's just the, the one thing that's just a staple of, of a genre that, you know, uh, it, it just blows my mind how much people who are not familiar with it struggle with it is the, uh, um, the dual analog sticks. I mean, <laughs> if you, ha- I, I literally handed that off to my parents one time and was just, my mind was blown with how much they struggled with it. You know, but I was like, no, so this one moves you forward and backwards and side to side. And this one like changes the direction that you're looking in, you know? And, and literally I watched them just point themselves straight at the ground and just walk in circles, <laughs> you know? And like, how are you, how are you doing this? And they're like, well, I'm trying to go to the side. I, I want to look to the side. I'm like, well, right now you are looking forward and running to the side, which is fine, but that's not what you, so yeah, it's just one of those things that you've just, you've internalized it over hours and hours of just playing it. So I don't know if all fighters work like that. I know all the ones that I've played do. And I do think it is something that you would internalize eventually if fighting games was something you want to become proficient in. And I think that this is kind of something that is true for both of us is that this is not something that we are nor have any desire to be proficient in. Um, It's not that fighting games are bad games. It's just not, not my cup of tea, you know? So, uh, so it's going to be kind of difficult for us to kind of say, you know, like this is a good thing or this is a bad thing when we're like, I, I don't know. It's, it's part of the genre and nobody else seems to have any issues with it. So I guess it's cool. Like, are we, are we all cool? It's, it's kind of like if, you know, <laughs> you're in, you're in like a, a huge, you know, like tavern filled with Irish person, people. And one of them calls another one, like a, a an Irish slur. And you're like, is everybody else okay with this? Like, I'm not, I don't think I would be okay with this, but like, is everybody else okay with this? Cause because it's not really like me. It's not my thing. Like I, I, I'm not offended. I'm offended for you. Are we okay? Like, is everything cool? Like, should I be upset? Like, it's kind of like that. that n- now you've just made me think that I want to do that with a made up thing, just to see if I can <laughs> like goad someone into going along with a cultural thing. That's not their culture. And then just be like, you failed the test. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, uh, uh that's what um, Daryl does to Michael Scott in the office. He's constantly oh, yes. getting Michael Scott to do like weird stuff, you know, where he's like zippity zoppity, give me the property or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that I basically want to do that, but not even for my culture, right? Because Daryl's supposed to be doing it about like cool black guy culture, but he is. And like, I would love to do it about a culture. I'm obviously not because, you know, you got to start with your own culture and then you work up to, can I get this person to make a fake reference in a culture that I have no business being an authority on. <laughs> well, I think that uh, the, the best way to do that would be, um, I, I don't know if this is exactly what you're talking about, but it, you, you watch Scrubs, right? Hmm? Yeah, so you remember, so there was the one joke that, um, you know, like that I just always get a kick out of. I think about this about once a month where it's the janitor and he's standing next to, uh, to JD and he goes, four letter, because he's, he's doing a crossword. It's like four letter word, a blank in one's armor. And JD looks at him and goes, chink. And then, you know, he like, look, and he just like takes a step back and there's like a Chinese person standing right beside him, you know? <laughs> and, and JD's like, what? No. And, and he's like, no, the, the, the janitor ass. And Chan's like, whoa, hey, no, I don't know what's going on here. And that'd be one way to. <laughs> to That's a far more vicious interpretation of the joke, <laughs> but it's certainly like it's in the same family. Yeah, it's it's in the genre of tr- of getting somebody in trouble for something that they didn't mean to do. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of all I got. Yeah, no, I'm I'm also ready to uh, answer that final question, uh, which is for me. Uh, I would say 
I required no nostalgia goggles to play this game. Um, I don't think anyone honestly would like, if you want to play a 2d fighter from this era, um, there are way, way worse ones. We have played some way, way worse ones than this. Like I wasn't excellent at this game, but I could see as I put time in, I was getting better. I could see, uh, where my gaps were and kind of knew if I wanted to work on it, like what I would need to work on. Um, I had fun. I like, I actually enjoyed playing it and considering I don't really care for fighters and the less than ideal experience we've had with some of the other fighters we've played. I was actually pretty stoked when I kind of sat back, like after the the last bit I played and I kind of sat back and I was like, ah, it's still pretty. Okay. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's still pretty good. Um, play it with other humans. Like that's, that's the one, if you're, you had to put an asterisk on this, like if you're going to play this game, I really recommend you have a way to play it with another person because that's just, it's just what they expected. It's what the experience is designed for. Single player is practice mode and versus is playing the actual game. So if you want to play the actual game, you need actual other people. But but other, other otherwise, I mean, it, just no nostalgia goggles. Yeah, agreed. Um, I also was uh, no nostalgia goggles required. I didn't really enjoy this just because, again, you know, I don't really enjoy fighting games, and I was apparently playing it on a very high difficulty. Um, but to your point, is I, I did feel that I could get better over time. Like there were definitely some of the mechanics that I was starting to internalize. Like when I was fighting Ryu, I was eventually like, okay, well. You know, he can do this thing like the best way to kind of fight this character is to kind of hang back and do thing A, whereas this one I want to play a little bit more aggressively. This person, I can't allow them to do thing A because if they do think like they they do thing A really well, like they like Balrog has a dash attack. And I was like, okay, so I can't I can't let him stay in front of me for too long because he'll dash right at me. I have to aggressively attack him and like move around him. Um, So I definitely think that, that, yeah, as far as fighting game, fighting games go. This game's great. Um, it, it it absolutely holds up. It's not. It doesn't do anything where I was just kind of like, oh god, that used to be a thing. In fact, a lot of what it does, I think, was uh, was genre defining. So, um, if somebody asked me if I would recommend this, I hyper, hyper, hyper would. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black, and you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you've lost for a while. You're gonna think back, but last. 